As part of the University of Warwick's celebrating Dickens project, lead academic Professor John Mee from the English and Comparative Literary Studies will be recording a series of podcasts with some of his MA students on some of Dickens' most prominent pieces of work, starting with A Christmas Carol and the other short Christmas stories. Here, Harriet Killy Kitter, Rebecca Lee and Emma Seddon discuss the Christmas stories with John. The link between Dickens and Christmas is one that seems set in stone in the heart of the minds of the British public, but it's not a link that you show great enthusiasm for. Can you just explain why you don't like the link? As somebody who's a bit of a Dickens fan, I guess my worry is that it kind of overemphasises the sentimental side of Dickens. And in a way, that's what's really played up to in all the kind of Dickens productions, whether it be the Muppets or the cartoon versions or Scrooge even with Bill Murray. Whereas the, the late, especially the late novels, which I love, have a much more complex sense of the importance of sentiment, the importance of human beings being gathered together and looking after each other. But the kind of complexities of that, the, the kind of threatening dark world out there, but also the way that even human feelings are actually more complicated than they may seem at first. So I'm just a bit worried it gives us about a bit of a too, a too sickly dick. You know, if you, you open the box of Quality Streets and eat them all in one go, that's my worry about uh, Christmas Dickens. Obviously, the most well-known of Dickens' short Christmas stories is A Christmas Carol, which has been made into several different multi-million pound Hollywood films, as you just mentioned. Why do you think it has become so popular? And is it a text that you enjoy reading? Well, I've got a terrible confession to make, which is I reread it yesterday in the library and had a little tear trickle down my cheek when, well, Tiny Tim doesn't die, but it imagines, it goes to Christmas future, imagines the possibility that Tiny Tim must die. And I was terrified that, you know, one of you, one of my students would see me with a little tear down my eye and I was going to have to pretend I had a very bad cold. So I think, in some ways, the reason it's it's usually popular is that it just has that ability to tug at the heartstrings. He, Dickens was identified as Mr. Popular Sentiment by his contemporaries and he just has that ability. Where does that ability come from? What is it that manages to do that? Well, I suppose it has that kind of fabulous element it's kind of a very basic story it's kind of has a it's a bit like a fairy tale when you've read it it's hard to believe that dickens wrote it it feels like something that must have been in circulation for hundreds of years so it really manages to grab that kind of idea it has a thing about darkness and light and it's kind of hardwired itself and our idea i suppose of what christmas is now what does it say about Dickens's storytelling and skills as a writer that several characters and phrases from A Christmas Carol have been ingrained into the English language, for example, bar humbug and being a Scrooge are now phrases that are part of the English language furniture? I think it is that ability to kind of choose things that just chime in with things that just sound as though they're things that have always been said. It is also, I think, part of his theatrical ability. You know, he famously wanted to be in an actor, and he was meant to have had an audition at Covent Garden, but was ill on the day, perhaps semi-deliberately. So he does have that, he has timing, as it were, and he, he's a great one for turning a phrase. So there's no doubt that that's part of it. And Scrooge does feel like a kind of uh, a character from a fairy tale, somebody we've already known. Obviously, he is a kind of type of the miser, a type that had been part of English literature a long time before he was named... Scrooge. And I guess, though, one thing, and one way in which they are a bit more complex and I've been making them sound, is that what makes them very much part of their time and our time is that they're very aware that we live in a society based on competition, in a sense, licensed, being horrible, horrible to each other and pushing each other out of the way. And Christmas becomes 
a space in that, a space of light when we're meant to be fully human. And it's made to feel a rather tremulous, vulnerable space. It's it's surrounded by darkness. So I think it does appeal to this desire to have somewhere safe, where we're all safe, and an awareness that it's not going to last that long and it's it's kind of insecure. So I think that is part of its appeal as well. And obviously, like, Scrooge is a really interesting character from A Christmas Carol. Do you think that there's a bit of Dickens himself in the character or do you think it's a reference to the people he met when he used to work as a law clerk? Well, Harry, they... I mean, Dickens definitely was interested in money. He, I mean, he was a self-made man and and he needed to write and he was worried about security. But he also felt kind of guilty about where that left him. And he wasn't so in favour of the market that he thought being a self-made man meant you could leave moral concerns and the poor behind. So I think the whole fable, in a way, enacts that ambivalence. But I think it also does reflect characters he knew in London. He's very much somebody who drew on his life in London and it, and there is that sense of Scrooge as a as a kind of characteristic type. Both a type that goes back in literature and fairy tale, but also a type people it was very much in people's minds, I suppose, about where, what was going to be left of basic ideas of human benevolence or even Christian ethics in in a, in a society based on the marketplace where only money seemed to matter. So I think he captures that and and the fact that people felt there were meeting people who were allowed to say that. He, Scrooge has this line about people being, about surplus population and letting the poor die, which is an idea, you know, that after Malthus, the influence of Malthus philosophy was circulating among people who believed in the free market. So I think it does, it picks up from literary history and his experience of being in London at the time. And um, what about the other Christmas stories that Dickens wrote? I mean, everyone knows the Christmas Carol, so the others have kind of been in its shadow. Why do you think this is? Is it the writing or the storytelling just not as good, perhaps? Yeah, I think somehow A Christmas Carol has this kind of mythic status that crystallised. Myself, my favourite isn't The Christmas Carol, it's the second one, The Chimes. I mean, he wrote A Christmas Story every year between 1843 and 48, bar one. And of the five stories, I think The Chimes is, is the most powerful. It's actually the one that gives you the strongest sense of the darkness out there. There's a terrible dream scene which a young woman is imagined being so desperate of any hope for survival in the world that she takes her baby to the river in order to, to drown it and herself. And it's a really harrowing episode. Now, as it happens, because they're Christmas stories, everybody ends up safe and warm in the light. But that's the one that I, I, I think most gives you this sense of the vulnerability of the kind of family, domestic place of light. The, the other interesting story is there's a, there's a story called The Haunted Man, the, the last one, who who develops the kind... I mean, they all got the supernatural element in them, bar one, but The Haunted Man, he, he ends up given this power that he can make people forget. And it looks like it'll be a force for good because it's actually going to allow people to forget the pain and suffering. But it turns out, in a way that gestures towards the complexity of Dickens's later novels, that that becomes a very painful thing because the past... And suffering and joy all turn out to be bound up together. And that, I think, is a very... It, you know, if I was to say anything was characteristically Dickensian, it wouldn't be sentiment. It was that sense of that, of the mixing together and the fact that you can never escape your past and that pleasure and pain are both dependent on memory in that kind of way. Isn't Dickens a bit hypocritical in writing against Scrooge's obsession for money when he himself was trying to exploit the Christmas market? 
I mean, we, we like to think that Christmas has been commercialised now, but in fact, Christmas has been commercialised for a very long time. And Dickens started to write these stories just as it was into a kind of takeoff of commercialisation. Prince Albert brings the Christmas tree in the beginning of the 1840s from Germany and makes it part of the the English Christmas. I mean, I think of it as quintessentially English, but it's actually a German idea. In fact, it it had started to come across a bit before uh, Prince Albert. In, a, in the 1840s as well, you get the first commercially produced Christmas card. You actually get Christmas specials of books. People start to bring out Christmas collections. So Dickens is very self-consciously cashing in on that from the very beginning because it is part of the fact he did rely on his writing to make himself a gentleman. He's very much part of the marketplace. Later in his career, when he went to give public readings, he used the Christmas carol in it. He knew that it had popular appeal. But there's an ambivalence in Dickens as well. That's also part of his desire to reach out. Certainly the readings, wanting to reach out to a larger audience. And I, what I'd say about his writing is they have a, he's not the sort of person for whom literature is above and beyond the everyday world. He's in the middle of it. And the question, in a way, the stories are asking is, can you still have a morality in the middle of all this marketplace? In a sense, he's not denying that there's a world of getting and spending. It's what kind of space is there within that to carry on being human beings, to be human in our relations to each other. So the books themselves are part of that, but they're also trying to find a way, um, is there still a way of being human? And they don't, well, certainly the later novels don't unequivocally tell a happy story about that. And you can at least say that the Christmas stories make it seem that those spaces of light to the Christmas are kind of under threat and, and you're meant to feel the vulnerability of them. So I wouldn't exactly say he's a hypocrite, but he did like to count the pennies a little bit as well too.